Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, uh, joined by my colleague Jason. Hello. Um, my dear friend Michael is not here. He is actually a, he had another obligation, so we miss him. But also joined by my dear friend and colleague, campus pastor, and I would say somewhat regular guest, although it's been a while with COVID, I think, huh? Yeah, it's been, I'm trying to think what the last one I was on. It's been a it's bit. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but Greg Lyon, who we're very happy to have with us as well. And we have Greg and Jason and myself here for a reason. We have a professor who's been here a while now, a new professor, and then someone in campus ministry um, to talk about a topic that I was looking back and we've never talked about before, which is kind of surprising, um, but I guess uh, not that surprising since we, maybe we figured it would be a little bit too much of a homer topic. Um, but we're going to be talking about why WLC, um, why a liberal Lutheran arts college in the Wisconsin Synod in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And by that, um, I don't mean, um, you know, to, to have a whole episode on liberal arts or a whole episode on Christian colleges or anything like that. Um, but having served here and being new here, getting your impressions, Greg, having been here a while in campus ministry, um, what is the place of a WLC, right? Why should a WLC exist if it should? Um, there's plenty of colleges out there. There's plenty struggling. I think we're going to see less colleges rather than more colleges in the next decade. Um, what's what's the reason for us to be here? What uh, makes us enjoy our service here? Um, what do we feel like we see happening here that makes uh, this a particular value? This isn't meant to be for the admissions department, um, you know, necessarily uh, to to be bringing students here. Although that always is nice to have students. I enjoy students. Uh, except when they take all the parking spots. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the... Uh, they do tend to park in a lot of places. Yeah, but they maybe do. even just bigger picture, Lutheranism um, has founded schools since early on. Um, and WLC fits somewhere in that tradition. And in the Wisconsin Senate, we have an interesting dynamic where we have one college for worker training um, <clears throat> for called workers, and then we have a WLC. Um, and a lot of what we say probably would apply to like a Bethany um, in the ELS as well. So probably a lot of crossover um, there. Uh, so why an institution like this? Um, and we'll do our best to, to give our impressions. Our free-for-all today is just going to be talking some Lent. Um, what do we, stands out to us about Lent? What do we appreciate about the season? Um, if there's certain hymns or Lenten traditions. And then we will... Uh, We'll be done. We're going to try to keep it under an hour. That's going to be my goal. Uh, Michael has nicely set up a uh, a new thing. I would, I'm going to say this is a thingamajigger. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, a, it says headphone amplifier. And he had it set up and mostly ready to go. He did not get a chance to show me how to use it. And uh, no offense, Jason, but you're about worthless on this. Yeah, I, know, I know nothing <laughs> yeah. about this stuff. So... Um, I didn't so ask was this part Greg of his, his game plan to set you up with new equipment and then not show up? That could be. He's probably enjoying it and he'll listen back. And as part of that, we have one set of our uh, headset. We've got four headsets. And we've got one that's always been creaky and just not great. And I've decided I'm going to try to break it in. So um, hopefully you're not going to hear a lot of creaking throughout the episode. I'm going to try not to move too much. But 
Now I'm on purpose going to do some rapid head movements. You guys can confirm that I'm doing them. Yeah, so if the you creaking hear, is there. If yep. you hear that noise, uh, then I apologize. I'm going to try not to do that too much. I should have had you both sit there, and then I wouldn't even have to turn my head. Do you want me to slide no, around? No, no, stay there now. No, you've got comfortable. Okay. Just being a regular connoisseur of the program, I'm shocked to hear how concerned you are about the creaking sound. Thank you. From all the other sounds that I hear, whether it's ice <sighs> clinking in a glass. <laughs> yeah. That's Diet to make Pepsi. it sound authentic. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Right. But the creaking, that's an artificial sound. That's not Got normal. it. Okay. So, Thank you for clarifying that. No problem. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but uh, before I stretch out the intro too long, why don't we, we let Jason do the intro last time? I'd say mixed reviews. Uh, I'll tell you, in my household, it was not well received. Okay. My, my, my wife did listen. And she's like, you really need to work on those. And so. I, I don't remember how many out of, I think you got three or three and a half stars from me and Mike. Yeah, I did not give myself that, you know, high a rating. Is that the radiator? I was going to say, there's, I hear creaking from your head, and yeah. now I hear like, like a bonky, honking. Bonky. And, yeah. What so, kind of studio do you guys have here? This I know. Is nuts. We need the old studio back. Unfortunately, <laughs> a new guy came and just messed yep. everything up. Yep. Needed a precious office. <laughs> Didn't even have to earn it. The, uh. So we're going to see how he does with the disclaimer. Is this your first time with the disclaimer? No, I've done the disclaimer a couple of times. Okay, well, let's see if you can do it well now. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you're just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free-for-all where we discuss the pressing issues of the day. Uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, we are recording this on a Wednesday. And one week from the Wednesday we're recording this, March 2nd, will be Ash Wednesday already, which is kind of a, a later Ash Wednesday, isn't it? I mean, it's, A little bit. I can never keep track. But um, it seems like it's just going quick. Yep. And uh, so we're about to begin another Lent. And... I was thinking today, you know, it's Lutheranism is such an interesting thing um, that we're probably somewhat unique amongst Protestants. Um, I mean, maybe Episcopalians knows, but um, that we do really mark Lent. I mean, we've got midweek services, <clears throat> we've got church customs. Um, Ash Wednesday is a thing. Every church will have an Ash Wednesday service. Um, some might observe different cu customs. Some might have imposition of ashes. Some might not. Are we doing that in chapel? We do for it's for the nine twenty five service. So the vesper but, service. Yeah, for I our think Mans does it too. Yes. Mm. Um, so our students kind of get the <coughs> short end of that because they, they got to wait till the evening. Yeah. Before they get ashes. Unless they get up for matins, but might get a couple. That's pretty early, and it's right before class. So yeah. the um, so some churches might do that or might not, but but we really have kept a lot of the Lenten practices, and and I mean really, the midweek services as well, which was. You know, uh, Luther 
really use these services as catechetical opportunities, um, but also opportunities to, to focus on the, the passion account. And so a lot of neat traditions have grown out of that. When we think of Lent, the Sundays are in Lent, not of Lent. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so technically, if you're giving up something for Lent, you can have it on Sunday because every Sunday is a little Easter. But even there, there's some things that we do differently in the Sunday service. So I'm up for chapel on Tuesday, which I realized I also have a guy coming to look at our roof. Ooh. So I'm going to make sure he is in and out in an hour, and then I'm going to be up here. Don't worry. I'm going to be up here. You better be. Well, you know why I want to be here? Because we're doing one of the things I really like. The farewell to Alleluia. The farewell to Alleluia, mm. um, which uh, most of our churches will be celebrating Transfiguration um, this Sunday. And many of them, at the end of the service, uh, some will even have a banner that says Alleluia. And they'll process out. And then, is it a Fortunatus hymn? Um, yep. Mm-hmm. We'll sing Farewell to Alleluia. Um, and we kind of got that glimpse of Jesus' glory at the Transfiguration. And we'll go the Lenten season without Alleluia's for the most part of pastors. Remember when they're putting together <laughs> their bulletin and if no one gets too excited during the sermon. Um, so there's a lot of neat customs, and I'm looking forward to that here at WLC. I think that'll be my first time when I'm up for the day before Ash Wednesday where we say farewell to We don't have an Alleluia banner. Hmm. We have one, but it's, maybe it's not just, liturgically colored Maybe I'll just print correctly. off a piece of paper that says... <laughs> I'm sure that would be just great. Just you walking around with an uh, eight and a half by eleven. Although I did see, I felt a little slighted. Did you notice who they gave Ash Wednesday to? No, I did not see yes. that. Who's the precious guy that would get Ash Wednesday? Pharisee and the tax collector. Mike. He does. Have, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's um, all right. If it makes you feel any better, I believe I have intentionally scheduled Mike for the farewell to Alleluia previous couple years okay so but did i ever get ash wednesday i don't remember well if it's that important to you you should certainly remember <laughs> this sort of thing i feel like i've heard you do par- um pharisee the i tax think collector. i probably have i think so. you did so I, I mean i got a good day i'm happy with my day yes i just didn't know if it was like johnson's only that good we better <laughs> give berg well i noticed who you didn't give either of those days right yep. right yep. right Yep. He's got, I think you got the Tuesday after Easter, so you get like our, I don't oh. know if that's true or not. Well, that'd be great, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who's up that day. It's a great probably, Tuesday. Probably not me, but. We'll see. Yeah. I actually we'll had a pastor once. We we had scheduled a guest for that week, and the pastor said, I'll go the Tuesday after Easter. And I said, huh. are you nuts? As a guest pastor who's preached like 15 times that weekend. Yeah. And he wrote a whole new chapel for the Tuesday huh. after oh, Easter. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Nice. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yep. That is impressive. That is. The um What do you what are you drinking there, Jason? It's just water. More of your antioxidant? Nope. That's just the bottle. It's just water. Coco fusion? Coco fusion. What about it being Madagascar coconut mango? Is Madagascar just known for its coconuts or That's a good question. I think Madagascar is usually known for its vanilla. But I don't how know. do you know that? <laughs> yeah. This guy, yeah. I tell you, yeah, it's full of useless there information. Was, I saw it on Facebook, like a marketplace thing popped up for a <laughs> whiskey barrel table. Yeah, I'm those like, are really nice. I'm like, this is a Jason thing. So I message him. I'm like, uh, hey, look at this, whatever. And he's like, I already, I already got a barrel. I'm, I'm making one. Yeah, he's he is. You're making I, your own whiskey barrel. Are you making I, your own have, whiskey first and then? Oh, that would be nice. But no, I do have I have a whiskey barrel, but 
it's empty. Are you going to put a manhole cover on top of it as the table part? That would be super awesome. Yes, that would be great. If I could pull that off, that would be great. I don't know if it'll all come together, but... But he knows stuff, this guy. He he likes weird stuff. On your honeymoon, if I recall, you went to the Northwoods. Yep, we did. And um, what was your, your prized honeymoon thing that you got? Oh, that the... Um, we went to the Lining Kugels Brewery and uh, got a autographed Lining Kugels canoe paddle wow. or type this, of thing. And I heard yeah. that for the first time. Am I hearing this correctly or saying this correctly? That for the first time in the history of Lining Kugels, a Lining Kugel is not going to be in charge. Really? Oh, really? I thought I had heard that that one of them huh. is retiring and paddles worthless now. Oh, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Or it's or it's the last Lining Kugel in the line of Lining Kugels. It might have skyrocketed yeah. in value. But this is this is Madagascar guy over here. He gets this. <laughs> all right. Anyways, I was going to say to the free for all. I I got a thought about uh, the imposition of ashes. Um, I was thinking about this the other day when I was actually listening to you guys on my way to Michigan for a conference, and the, you were talking about the mitten. The what? Um, the mitten. The mitten. Yes. If you seek a pleasant right. peninsula, <laughs> look around. Anyways, see, whatever. That's our Latin thing. Uh, yeah. So, um, no, but uh, the topic of the blessing of the children at um, St. Michael's and All Angels came up. Mm. And I forget who it was who had mentioned. Was that you that mentioned that you do a, a blessing oh, of the Borland children? Oh, was Borland on that one? It was, Maybe yeah. Borland was on that one. But um, we did that at the church that I served before I came here. And, and we did this, uh, just a, a baptismal blessing, you know. Um, that that you would normally say at the at the end of a baptism, and I always loved doing that. But then when we introduced the imposition of ashes, I was thinking even more about the blessing of the children. As you know, I was my kids were at the age that they were now coming up for the blessing of the children, and then the imposition uh-huh. of ashes. And it was never intended that those those two were gonna be a counter to each other. But it was it was really like the first time I did the imposition of ashes in our church. I had a really hard time keeping it together. I've heard that other pastors say that yeah. too. Yeah. I never I I've only ever been on the receiving end of the ashes, but I imagine yeah. I would I would have had a hard time with that too. And I, I think it was particularly difficult when you're dealing with children. Difficult isn't the right word, but you know, right. yep. uh, moving, emotional, Strikes. whatever word yep. you want to use. Yeah. Strikes to the heart of the matter. Um it was it was really something. Yeah. Yeah, I, did I, you guys do ashes? We did, yep. And I would say too that that was kind of a emotional thing, you know, in in a way. Especially the the first time that you know you were imposing ashes on your own child, you know, as a reminder of their death. It's like, hmm, that hits a little bit, yeah. you know. Yeah, yep. You guys know it's not good. What? This. The construction that seems to be happening outside. <laughs> That's not good either, but I went to uh, Madison to see my kid the other day and took her some stuff and took her to church, heard a, heard a fine sermon at Our Redeemer by uh, the Reverend Phil Moldenhauer. And uh, I grabbed the wrong Coke. This is zero sugar, which is cool. I don't need more sugar, right? Yep. But it says it's Starlight Limited Edition Creations. Whoa. Space flavored. Hmm. How does... Did like astronauts... They don't even have, can't yeah. even taste space. Is they it like those, the dehydrated food put inside of that? And I wonder if it is, and it it just it does. Not, I'm gonna drink it still because that I bought weird. it. 
You don't have to. But uh, no, I'm going to. Okay. I'm principal, but it it's got like a, a scent of like like a weird like almost like a car air freshener, like one of those <laughs> It's supposed to smell a little bit like fruit. Ooh, that's not good. Let me ask you about this Lenten thing. Mm-hmm. I've always been torn. I was trying to lighten things yeah, that's beyond fine. the kids dying thing. I've always been torn about the uh, strepitus. Mm. On the, um, See, I'm a big strepitus fan, but I know a lot of people who don't like it. I'm a fan of it, but I've heard it done poorly so many times yep. that now I'm torn on it. There was one time I went to a church where they literally played a recording mm. of a yeah. rock, yep. you know, and oh, it, yeah. just, it was just like the country. Awful. Yeah, yeah, we, it, it was yes, like the country. It was it was just awful. But <laughs> if there are any pastors listening that are doing the strepitus for the first time, practice it at least thirty times. You know what I had? First, I had a big book and I hid it on the um, in the vestry, the counter, right? Yeah. But then we had these like little credence table things on the side of the altar, and I realized if I put it by the organist, we had a pillar that came down, a wood pillar in our church and then if you pulled it back and just boom put it forward made a good noise gave that job to like a uh, a young I don't know like an adolescent boy each year they practiced they could get into it he was your strepitor yeah and uh, it worked well but yeah I think if it can become corny I I get some people aren't the biggest fans but I and I'm not saying like everything's just for effect but it is like when it's done well, yeah, it's awesome. And I found like I've used bigger books in the past, and the bigger books don't always seem Sometimes to they do don't it as well. Nearly as well, yeah. So I I used our uh, Christian worship altar book, which is like maybe three quarters of an inch thick, an inch yep. thick, something like that, and just slammed that against the table. And it. Yeah. We had uh, the thing that ended up. We tried a couple of different things through the years. The thing that we found ended up working the best is the organ bench. We had the balcony with the organ, and there was a raised platform where the the organ console was, so it was kind of hollow and resonant, and you only had to lift it up. Betty, get know, up. We told you to get up, Betty. Like, yeah. Betty, <laughs> you're ruining this. And you only had to lift it up an inch at the you know at the most, and then just let it drop on this, and it was. It was that heavy, huh? Yeah, it was that heavy, but. I mean, it was a, it was a solid bench, but it but it was just that coming down on this hollow resonant platform that you know kind of then transferred through the whole balcony. I mean, it, it shook. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we would do with our um, our tenebrae service was right before that we would play the tolling bell at our church, which mm-hmm. is a it was an autom- an automated thing, and it would take a whole minute to go through seven tolls and. You know, so there's every time it's just, and then the next thing is the strepitus. And so you'd have this, this chime of the bell. You'd be waiting several seconds, chime of the bell. And like every time it's like, is the next one going to be the strepitus? Or is it, is the next one going to be the strepitus? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just kind of wait there and, and you could just feel, you know, the suspense build with that. And it was, yeah, that worked out really well. Those Good Friday services are, they're just, they pull all your energy out from under you. I, yep. I did a a service with the Lamentations of Jeremiah and, you know, Those not, not the readings. seven words yep. 
service, but there was no sermon in it. It was just all readings and chanting. And I think that was the most exhausting service I've ever done because yeah. yeah. there's just so much energy poured into each word yep. of that service. It was awesome. Um, I would say another thing I enjoy is just having, and this is, if I had my druthers, which I seldom get my druthers, but if I had my druthers, is that even the expression? Yeah, that's, yep. Okay. You probably know, how much you want to bet he knows what druthers means? Do you know what druthers I, means? I bet he could give yeah. like a detailed explanation. I don't know what it means, but I bet he does. Just Comes, guessing from his knowledge of, judging from his... His knowledge of Madagascar. Yeah. I have a feeling that he knows a lot about Druthers. I believe it comes from I'd rather. I'd rather. And that's where you get Druther. You, you know, I think he's making that up. I I'm, I'm going to look it up second. after I say what I'm going to say. Um, I have a feeling it's... I'm going to be very disappointed if he's right. <laughs> um, the, uh, But um, if I had my Druthers... The midweek service, right? The only reading you need to have is the passion reading. I think feel, sometimes we feel the need to like make it more like a Sunday service, and we yep. add things. Agreed. I'm not saying you can't do like a series that draws something else, and you know you can order something from somewhere. But and I will say, if you're gonna get one, Deutschlanders was very good. Oh, that was yeah, that was really good. Uh, but in general, uh, like the passion account. You just you preach it. Just preach mm-hmm. the passion account. You don't even have to preach a long sermon. Um, He's right, by the it way. It is. It's so I disappointing. Hate that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you're wrong. Oh. oh. Because it starts from would rather. Would okay. So you are one step re- one step removed from being right. So the contraction that the contraction that I inserted. Was just disqualified. Lazy. Yeah, yeah, it was right. yeah, Okay. I'll, I'll throw one other out there. We I had done a series that I put together with my former associate on the moment of Christ's death, mm. and we just took everything that happened from the rock splitting to the people uh, rising from the dead and and all, and we did a, a midweek series on that. So usually you let these midweek series carry over into Easter. So we're like, what in the world are we going to do for the moment of Christ's death? on Easter hmm. and I ended up preaching on um, the descent into hell, Oh, yeah. which was really cool uh, huh. for, uh, cause I, I don't know that I've ever intentionally preached. No, that's a good one on the descent into hell. And that, that series was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I like that. That does that. You know what I should do? Remind me for my transfiguration talk sermon. I should work druthers. In. I think I could do it with that text. Oh yeah. Because Right, it's Moses only sees God's backside, not his glory. Hmm. I'll have but a coffee it, drinking party with you. But if, if we had our druthers, druthers, yeah. Nice. I think I'm going to try to work it in. For okay. every time you use the word druthers, I will take a sip of coffee and chat. <laughs> nice. What if I bought you one of these? Would you drink one of these? No, no. After your ringing endorsement, I want nothing of to do with it. Space flavored coke. It really or smells like nothing I've smelled before. <laughs> well, it's I don't know what space. Smells like right. So yeah, I don't. Apparently, it's it smells not supposed like that. to be good. But yeah, I don't know. I, Coke sh- should not be proud of this. Yeah. If we get out to space, we should take our helmets off and take a just big whiff and take, just see it, what it's like. Definitely seems see like a, that goes it makes sense. That it would be at, at a Madison Market. Like <laughs> it's 
I have this program doesn't speak for yeah. our employers. Or <laughs> just can't yeah. be normal. <laughs> please, you know? please refer to the disclaimer. <laughs> All right. Well, I, we, got, we've I got, got I got two things for Lent. Okay. And then they'll they'll be brief. You got a limp brush that clergy shirt. Bro. I know. I, it's my. You're gonna learn. You're yep. gonna learn. Don't worry. I got to get one of those. You do look that, nice in it, though. Oh, thank you. Doesn't he look nice in it? He looks nice in it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I have one that is um, more serious, and I would say that I lo- the Lenten hymns. I think there there's just um, you know, per, per pound per pound for uh, hymnody, Lenten hymns are just solid, you know, across the board. There's so many good ones, and almost all of them, you know, you don't have a lot of duds. They're, almost all of them are good, and it's just enjoyable to make your way through that um, Lenten season with the different hymns. I, I really do appreciate those. And then the other thing that, you know, is kind of a, a, I mean, it's connected to Lent, but is like growing up, we had the the Lenten snack after the service where you'd go and just hang out for a little bit. And there was always a certain kind of snack, but it would change never heard of that. from week to week. And now, of course, the that was Lenten, something the church officially did. Yep. The church did. It was just after. Sounds like a Minnesota thing. It might've been, but like one day, one, one week it was sandwiches one week it was cookies. One week it was cakes. One I week it was like bars. Soup, soup and sandwich suppers and before. I would, and I would say now you see more um, the Lenten suppers, where uh. which that's just that was uh, a great time for you know fellowship and um, joy, enjoying other the, things. Uh, the food I've the, had would never constitute as a snack. Well, this because it's just like was, a plate full of. Yeah. No, this all was, of Betty's the organist. I, I would say, only a snack. Um, out of the all of us in the room here, um, and I'm, I'm I'm not one who doesn't enjoy a potluck. But doesn't this guy seem like he would have like before the potluck kind of walked up and down, eyeballed Ga- everything, gauged the scene. I bet yeah. hot dish casserole. He made a lot of distinctions. Yeah. <laughs> In that. See, I get it because yep. I listen to you guys. Yeah, yeah but yep. I bet, I bet you liked the potluck. Potlucks are okay. I bet yep. you even sometimes asked people about the recipes for things. Yeah, probably. What was your uh, favorite thing in a potluck? Mine is easy. Favorite thing in a potluck, man. I don't know. There are lots of good choices. I just, I just love I, having like the mastacholi hot dish oh, yeah. right next to the fried chicken right yeah. next to the something else yeah. that has nothing to do with either of the foods i just ate mine was okay. always like the potato salad macaroni salad tuna salad section oh now, yeah not german yeah. potato salad or are you a mustard uh, I, I appreciate both i don't discriminate yeah yeah that's good stuff all right we're at 26 minutes we have to get to our main topic yeah free for all man yeah that's right it was a good one then all right we will make our way to the main topic And that brings us to our main topic, which, um, who knows, maybe we'll come up with a better title as we go, but YWLC, or what's the what's the point um, of the existence of this Lutheran college here in Milwaukee, or um, other colleges like it? Why should there be a place 
like this, and I would say in a very saturated college market um, where you can find uh, the perfect experience for you, right? You see um, people, uh, you know, get to their senior year and they're, they're going to visit places and often as they go to visit, right, they're looking for the amenities, they're this is going to be my four-year experience, you know, uh, and that's important too, and, and we have nice dorms, and right, <clears throat> we've got the woo. Um, but in Warrior a Warrior underground, yeah. for those of you who don't know. But in a, in, a, in a market, if we can use that term, which I wish we didn't have to with college, but it just, it is, it's what exists, <clears throat> where there's plenty of places to go with plenty of things to offer. Um, why here? Uh, what do we think is, is special about this place? Why it should exist? Um, maybe at some point what would make it not worth existing anymore, right? Where we would say, you know, there is no point to it being here. <clears throat> um, but why why WLC or why a Lutheran liberal arts college? And, um, you know, here I say Lutheran because that's what we are, right? A, a confessional Christian, right? One that's going to be, um, try to be true to its its roots, so this could be true also of, I suppose, like a confessional Presbyterian college or whatever, too, but <clears throat> try to be true to its roots but serve people um, beyond just training people for ministry, right? Um, because we have a very um, good institution for doing so in our synod. We're all um, alumni of Martin Luther College, right? That exists. That's not what we're here for. So why WLC? And um, maybe if we could go around and I will throw it to you too and if neither of you wants to go I'll jump in but um, if you think about what you expected when you had the call here or you were considering it right what stood out is you're kind of like excited about or nervous about and then now that you've been here what kind of things strike you or stand out um, maybe that's a good way to start and we can build out from there um, but would either of you like to go or I can start yeah I, I can start I think what, what has struck me, I'm in school year seven now, um, and what has really struck me is... So you came a year after me only, huh? I mean, uh, eight, so... Fall of 15. Yeah. I Ooh. keep forgetting that we came that close back to back. Do you remember that when I was deliberating the call here, um, I asked someone, can I be a Lutheran yeah, I do on remember. this campus? And they said, I don't know, Wade Johnston seems to think so. <laughs> So I then didn't know, I, I didn't know they said that, but I do remember yeah, you contacting yeah, me and yeah, asking. Somebody, somebody had specifically said you should talk to Wade. Um, I think I have, I have learned and I've grown um, a whole lot more in my understanding and appreciation of vocation. Um, just checking. Did my sound just go way down to you guys? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And maybe it's I'm better. trying to walk a fine line. You're... You've been really... I'll let you control. Okay. I'm just going to You've been talk. good, but you just started getting in the red a little bit there when you got excited. I get a little so. excited. I get yeah. a little excited sometimes. Okay. No, uh, my, my understanding and my appreciation for the doctrine of vocation has grown exponentially since I've been here. Um, not that vocation doesn't exist at other institutions. It certainly does, obviously. Right. Um, but when you see students who are so consumed with the idea that vocation is career... And to see that light bulb go on in their head where they realize how truly free they are in not just their career path, but just in their education in general, uh, the freedom that you get 
through the Lutheran understanding of vocation, I think just makes a world of difference. And it's just not taught because we are a consumer driven market. Um, just like every other market is the college is absolutely consumer driven. I want to know that if I'm going to pay tens of thousands of dollars for my education, that I'm getting a good return on my investment. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're not, we're unfair to people looking at college in such a way because right. Ideally that's not what college should be, but to be fair to them, College is a more significant investment than it's probably ever been before, mm-hmm. just cost-wise. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, while I would like to think everyone wants to pay that amount just to be a well-rounded individual, um, you're going to have to pay back debt or <clears throat> you're going to want to recoup what you put into into paying for school. And I think uh, that probably makes vocation an even more important thing because it can when people rightly come in having goals. I mean, I, um, like my, my third kid thinks he wants to do the skilled trades and I think that's great. <coughs> and, um, you know, sometimes we talk and say, well, you know, um, maybe he says, or, or one of us brings up, you know, you could try college for a bit, see, but like, uh, if, um, if you think you might want to do skilled trades, we'll just go ahead and try that too. Like, you know, it's, it can be expensive, if you're going to a school, I mean, here it'd be cheaper for them, but um, just to do it now. And that's unfortunate because that's kind of what college should be for a while, especially the first two years should really be getting a sense for what you're in. I mean, the gen ed's introducing you to things. Um, but yeah, I would agree. And I, I think um, maybe that makes vocation. And other schools may well have vocation, but being able to talk vocation in a Lutheran setting is just a very different thing. It's... it's baptismal it's um it's it's service oriented but not um not service apart from christ right it's not just we're, there's lots of schools that can tell you we're going to take send you out to change the world for you to be good people for you to do good works uh but then it's not rooted in anything else and it just becomes another treadmill in life right another burden um, so now in addition to making money, I've got to transform things. Whereas, right, the Lutheran doctrine of vocation gives a piece that is like, you may not even cure cancer, but in whatever you do, right, you're, you're serving neighbor and you're doing it in, in freedom in Christ, not to earn points with God, um, well, but because even, he loves you. And even to take that a step further, and again, this is not unique to Lutheranism necessarily, but when you put it in its proper context— that uh, Grandma Betty, who plays the organ and slams slams the organ bench. Never remembers yep. to get up at the end of the yeah. service. One day, Grandma Betty's going to be in the hospital. And this mm-hmm. this whole idea that Grandma Betty's waiting for you. She doesn't know it yet, but she's waiting for you. And it's very Ephesians 2.10 kind of language. Right. Um, again, is that is that unique to Lutheranism? Probably not. I mean, we we can say that at any college. However, when it's rooted in that baptismal identity and that freedom um, and invocation, I think that that gives us a unique niche within the market. Yeah. Yeah. I think too that I, I would say that the whole concept of vocation and I think, and I remember when in the process um, as far as like the holding the call or, or, or having 
begun the the work here that that whole concept of saying you know we're we're intentionally you know looking to be you know a college of vocation i think that was very appealing to me you know to recognize the the unique unique um corner of the kingdom that wlc is and you know the opportunity that you have to to serve people in that regard i think that's really a neat thing i will say um the thing that uh really grown to appreciate in just the short i the short time that i've been here and i'm only in my first year here i survived one semester so far um you know by the grace of god and with you know extreme amounts of help from wade of course and thank you and, and mike as well but uh and and a few other colleagues along the way so so i certainly appreciate that but um is uh i would say too just you know grown to appreciate the um commitment of the of the student the students that you get to work with you know to not only um not only the you know wanting to do good things with their career and stuff like that but you know so many you know having a very um sincere invested interest in you know the uh theology courses that that we get to teach and and um you know, not just because, well, this is my class and I have to get a grade on this and score points, um, you know, toward my degree, but, um, but this is important to me as a, as a person. And I, and I want this not just, you know, for my college experience, but, you know, to help me in life and, and help me, you know, serve others. So I think that's been something too, that I've really grown to appreciate in just the short time that, that I've been here. You know, to that, I, I think there's a lot of students who who are struggling with things that, you know, whether it's um, they're they're tired of politics, they're tired of um, consumerism, they're tired of materialism, whatever. They're tired of getting pigeonholed in one way or another. Crisis you know, after you, crisis. Right. I'm hyped up for them, yeah. All of that kind of stuff. I've seen it time and time again where genuine Lutheran theology, all of a sudden a light bulb goes on for them, whether you're talking politics and the the distinction between the kingdoms once they understand the proper the the place of the two kingdoms they're like that's why this has been unsettling for for me for a long time now it all makes sense um and i've just seen that over and over again um identity is another one once you start rooting identity in baptism mm-hmm. then my experiences are no longer defining my identity rather my identity is defining my experiences. And you can just see this light bulb the more you teach confessional Lutheran theology. Um, and I think it speaks to the 18 to 22-year-olds in a way that maybe they don't know until they hear it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, when I was holding the call, something I thought about a lot is, uh, especially from having come from outside Lutheranism, it, it was something that was always odd to me that we had such an emphasis in synod we have Lutheran elementary schools we have Lutheran high schools right <clears throat> we want to get our kids K through 12 <clears throat> educated catechized ready for the world ready to serve <clears throat> and then we had a college if you wanted to be a pastor or teacher um, which is great right I got a good education at MLC I, <clears throat> I um, even in grad school there was stuff that come up and like but the languages and some of the stuff we did <clears throat> we just we're grounded well. But then if you don't want to go into those things, we kind of say, all right, you know, find somewhere out there. 
Um, and so one of the things that was exciting to me about WLC was here's a continuation of that, but a place that can be, you know, you're going to, you're going to learn how to navigate the world and you're going to learn how to navigate and contribute to society. Um, and you're going to learn, um, that you're a fish in water sometimes with culture, right? And you just take certain things for granted. Um, you're also going to learn there's some really powerful things in culture that can be um, medium mediums for you know for conveying the love of God in Christ, and not always in a way that's just you know God's great exchange in a way that might even not even mention Jesus, but that can convey the love and the beauty and the mercy of the God who made this world and, and packed it full of things for us to learn. Um, so you're not going to be insulated in that way. <clears throat> But you're also going to do it with people who are going to be looking out for you as well, um, spiritually, right? Who care about you as people in more than just, okay, you're going to go out and get a good job in this field and we can put you in a brochure, <coughs> you know, down the road to get more people to come here, although there's nothing wrong with brochures, <laughs> right? For some reason, I never get in them, though. I, right now, how I'm standing, I look very probably academic. And, oh, yeah, very academic. Um <clears throat> I'm standing. I think, the, the, I think I think this monstrosity gave me heartburn more. Worse. Oh, I'm that's trying not to good. cough, but yeah, this uh, the, the cardigan, the cardigan adds to your, you know, thank you, academic With look. My I band think. of horses T-shirt. Oh, one of my favorite yeah. bands. Yeah, yeah. It is quite a thing that I'm observing right now. That's all I'm going to say. You. It's just quite <laughs> a thing. I appreciate that. And uh, the, uh, you know, to have a place that does that, I think. Um, holds a lot of value. It's um, one of the things I would appreciate with my kids at Wisconsin Lutheran High School, <clears throat> and that's not to equate the two, but it's probably one of our, our most, um, uh, our high schools that most looks like the world that our students are going to go out into, right? Um, uh, my kids are there on school of choice. It has people um, right that are there from a variety of economic backgrounds. So you've got my poor kids, right? Um You've got international students. You've got all the diversity of the Milwaukee area reflected. Um, and so they get to experience that, and they get to learn about all these things, but they also get to do it in a Christian environment, right? It's not just a free-for-all. It's not just plopping them down um, into, you know, it's it's not like a kid, a four-year-old learning about the world just through the lens of YouTube, <clears throat> right? Hmm. Um, and I think in a world in which, Education is becoming more and more just throwing data at people. <clears throat> in fact, we have, even have people who sometimes say like college basically could just be Wikipedia and <clears throat> documentaries and whatever, right? Um, it's just not the case. You know, learning is formative. It's when when you're learning on YouTube or, God forbid, on TikTok or something, right? <laughs> These things are forming you. They're shaping you. It's why you, you you find yourself imitating them, whether it be in the jokes you make or in the stupid dances or whatever. Um, that we're able to be a place that can be um, formative, but without being um, narrow and parochial in a sense of like, we're not going to tell you about any of these other things that might challenge your faith, but rather like, we're going to tell you about all these other things. And some of these things people think should challenge your faith, but it actually doesn't have to, right? <clears throat> um, sometimes you get in class um, where a kid comes, whether it be a, a, a kid who's grown up in church or a kid who's not all that churched, 
and they just assume, oh, yep, theology class is going to be, theology and science classes, they're just opposite sides, and there's this tension where if they actually ever saw us in the cafeteria sitting with, right, each other and talking. Um, Which we ate with a couple of scientists just the other day in the cafeteria. Did. Yes. And the world did not end. And there's not an inherent tension there. There are sometimes issues that come up or things that are presented poorly, um, but they aren't things that have to be at odds. And so we can say, um, here are some things that people see as, as challenges. And sometimes, um, for instance, if you're going to take a evolution, and, you know, macro evolution and, and, and grow that out and form a worldview out of it, it's going to be wildly inconsistent with a biblical worldview. And I would argue it would be a very unhealthy worldview too. But um, but that doesn't mean you can't ever mention evolution for fear of, because the kids are going to hear it when they go out into the world. Um, all sorts of topics. Mike can challenge them in apologetics and throw out, you know, here's objections to God. And they're not easy ones to get around, right? Like, like there's not, it's, apologetics isn't like, and here's the five-minute answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was attracted to that as well, um, that I can in a theology or history class at times be like, okay, here's here's a question. Navigate it. Talk with your group. <clears throat> and they can talk. And sometimes they come up with great insights and sometimes not so much. And no matter hey. what, we can be there to, to then work through it. And I think um, in such a way then we can provide a service to the church that's very important. Um, I've never had an associate pastor, but I did have laity. And I can tell you, good, solid lay people are a godsend um, to people in the ministry. Amen. And uh, to be able to send out people to be that and to be a help to pastors and teachers to be someone that I as pastor could go to and say, hey, this is your field. How do you, what would you say to someone about this? Um, to have them be people who could have meaningful conversations with people who are inquiring about Christianity um, and not just pat answers and platitudes, which I think is is the trajectory both at a lot of Bible colleges and at public universities well, to just learn slogans. <clears throat> and that, to go back to vocation, yeah doesn't serve anyone what we need is people who can listen and give thoughtful answers and i think we provide an opportunity to model that in our classrooms that maybe wouldn't be the same in a lot of other places but sorry go ahead yeah you had mentioned before about being in this safe christian environment and and you, you kind of spoke to this but just to reiterate I, I don't think what you mean by being in that christian environment oftentimes people think of that in terms of morality mm-hmm. i'm looking for the safe Christian moral environment no that aligns with since. my morals. Yeah. Right. No one here ever <laughs> since. But when you're talking about a Christian environment, you're so much, you're talking about something so much bigger than I mean, people are going to find commandments. grace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. absolutely. Yep. And that just makes, that makes a huge difference when we talk about what is a Christian environment. Um, because yes, I am aware, maybe more than I'd like to be, that people sin. Mm-hmm. From time to time. I've heard even some people on the third floor sin. I have not observed that myself. Well, my office is pretty close to a sinner's office. Uh, okay. Well, let me know sometime. I'll have a chat with yep. this 
mysterious person. Yeah. Um, no, but even in even in the world of discipline, to um, to be working within the context of not just handbook, but within the context of sin and grace, um, I think is is a unique value add. And just one other thought came to mind as you were talking about the value of lay people. Um, I remember getting to my first church, and I didn't do the budget in my house, let alone mm-hmm. the budget at the church. Mm-hmm. And I think my second year was like the first time we crossed over a million dollars. And I'm sitting in these budget meetings just having no clue what anyone's talking about. And we had people in our church that were running multi-million dollar companies, you know, a million dollar budget. They didn't even think twice about it. So when you talk about the value of lay people, mm-hmm. Yeah. To be able to use those kind of skills and abilities within a church, yeah. oh my goodness, it's this, just a godsend. This guy took the GRE yesterday. I did, yep. Um, for getting ready for working on his PhD, so grad school exam. And so then I was curious what I got, because he told me his scores, whatever, you know. But when I took the test, it was different scoring. And uh, I have a buddy who was able to find it at uh, where I went to grad school. <laughs> just, just to be clear, when you say different scoring, is that what you tell yourself? No, it's on a scale what of 800 versus, what's the high now, 170? 170, yep. Where yours so was, it was out of 800 when yeah, I was whatever. Yeah, yep. oh. And so uh, <clears throat> this friend sent me my scores, and I, uh, I mean, because they're from 11, 12 years ago, and I, my kids were like downstairs, whatever, and I'm like, so for verbal, I did really well. I was like 97 percentile. And then I was, like, calculating the math, like, the crossover of where it would fall out. <clears throat> so I told my kids, I'm like, hey, you guys always say I'm bad at math. I was this percentile, whatever. And I thought I was, like, low 90s. And I looked at the thing, and I was, I was like, 50% or under. <laughs> and then okay. I had to be – I was honest with them. I'm like, actually, I'm very dumb at math. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, so I'd be in the same boat. Uh, anything math finances is not my thing. But even just, again, <clears throat> to have um, people who can be, um, as we, we heard in the, I thought, a, a very nice sermon by Professor Wardell from the seminary today, um, after an ice storm, <clears throat> so it was a good illustration, to be salt um, in the world in a meaningful way, <clears throat> right? Um, people just, pat answers aren't enough anymore, Um and uh, no pastor can be an expert in everything. Uh, it's just, it's not possible. Um, and the pastor's contact with people is, the pastor's circle is very narrow compared to most people. Uh, you know, we we meet people who come to us or we're at the hospital and they say, oh, can you can you stop in and, and talk to me? We're, we're simply not... Um, exposed to as many people as as are people who are actually going <clears throat> out into the world more often. And the majority and, of the people that you are exposed to are, are Christians already. Christians, yeah. Yeah. So kind of the, the church's um, voice in the world, besides just like in YouTube videos or ads, <clears throat> but in the everyday life of people, um, is often going to be a co-worker, um, a friend, uh, you know, uh, some who's providing a service or whatever, and and to have people that can a listen, which is I think a big part of college is learning to listen, and to listen carefully. Um, 
which is also a Christian thing to do, right? It's, yeah. We ought to be listeners that would gladly hear and learn the word. And and in listening, then learning how to to think and not just accept, right? You know what what is presented, and I think. And well, can I finish? Yeah, my thought, go, go ahead. Jeez. Yep. You see what he does? Yeah. Well, That's, without Mike here, yeah, he, somebody's right. got to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every single time you talk. But to have that, to then give answers, um, that go deeper than 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 just platitudes. Um, that answers that affirm the legitimacy of the questions that people have, right? And I think our students here can learn that not just in theology classes, not just in philosophy classes. They learn it in lit. They learn it in biology. They learn it in physics. They learn it, Lord knows, in the theater, right? Where you're depicting human experiences and putting yourself into the shoes of others. And I think that is probably something needed more than in the past in America. When, when, when probably everyone's willing to concede that Christian assumptions are just less common nowadays. We can all disagree on the extent to which the world is hostile or, you know, whatever. But the average person, probably even the average Christian, is just more biblically illiterate than they were 20, 40, 60 years ago. Yeah, no question. <clears throat> to be able to put your finger on, like, yes, I totally get why you ask this. Sometimes I say I don't know an answer, but I also know that you aren't going to find a better answer. right? Like, There are areas in life where we just go, I can only explain the Trinity to the extent that the Bible has explained it. I can't, like, I'm sorry, I can't give a satisfactory answer where it works out like the Pythagorean theorem or something. Hey, that's math. <clears throat> I know. That's impressive. Um, but I think that... 50? I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but that's valuable for, you know, students to be able to do that. Um, and I'll circle back to the faculty side of that. But sorry, go ahead, Jason. I'm, I apologize for being rude to you. No, no, that was... I I think, too, just that oh, where I was going to kind of... I, I, I didn't want to get too far off of what you were saying there, but um, just the idea that, you know, to be willing to engage some of those, you know, more difficult questions um and uh you know because exactly like you're saying is there <laughs> there isn't just you know this um willingness to say well this is what must be what it is because you say so mm-hmm. uh and and whether it must be what it is because you know the church says so or the pastor says so or you know the, the idea of for Christians not to be afraid to engage with with those topics and and explore those answers because I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed in doing so. I, I think and it's going to be better for you in the end, <clears throat> yeah, too, absolutely. you know, to have a a well-informed faith. And I will say too, I, what I'm what I'm not saying is um, that you know I'm just going to go wherever I want in the classroom. I think part of the benefit at the end of the day too is they they know where I stand. Right. Um, before we do Romans, I have them read uh, Melanchthon's fifteen twenty one Lotzi, which basically just defines the terms you're going to find in Romans. And I say, here's how I understand these terms. Right, you're going to get um, a Lutheran take on Paul's epistle to the Romans, and you're going to get it precisely because um, I think the Lutheran Church understands Romans correctly. Right. <clears throat> now that being said. 
I want them to ask questions and wonder, well, could this verse also mean this? Or to look into, to do papers on how have other people taken it. But at the end of the day, too, they know um, I'm, I'm tied to a confession. I'm, um, I've voluntarily bound myself to certain truths that I think are capital T. And so we can push and back and forth. And at the end of the day, I'm not grading their faith. I can't see into their heart. Um, we have some phenomenal students who are from other denominations and they leave, often still members of other denominations. Um, but, but there are also some of them who will really thank you for having, you know, <clears throat> pushed and pulled a bit, you know, to broaden their horizons. And it was probably a good experience for them. Um, and when you say leave, just to be clear. Graduate. Graduate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah. that um, we're clear about that. Yes. And in uh, some of, you know, that I'm still in touch with and we can have fun mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, so to be able to do that, but in an environment, and that's where I would bring in the faculty. I would say the thing I enjoyed most once I finally got here, <clears throat> and I, I need to get better at doing this more again, was getting to know the faculty, like eating in the cafeteria. Um, or what are we supposed to call it? We not we can call it cafeteria, right? Or has it got a fancy name? If it's got a fancy fancy name, I, the but eating the, circle. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and and you know, with so many, um, I'm new. I don't know anything. So. <laughs> it's not that all of our conversations are about Jesus or go back to Jesus, but to get to know people in a variety of disciplines who are here for more than you know the amazing paycheck. Um, and I'm not saying that complaining. I'm compensated fine, but we're not, most of them not in theology could probably make more um, if they got a nice gig at a big public university or you know whatever else. Um, especially those in the hard sciences or in business. <clears throat> but to talk to them and and find out for them too why here, um, and to hear some of them present stuff or um, the. Uh, uh, you know, have chapel and, um, or to sit at the table and, and have questions come up and they say, Hey, I've been thinking about this. And you go, this is going to sound terrible, but I've like never thought about that before. Yeah. And it's a <laughs> Christianity related yeah. thing. Yeah. And to go like these, these people, their field, their discipline, um, they're very good at, these are published people. These are people um, that went to good schools, got good degrees. And yet, like, it is part and parcel. It's it's their Christianity is, is that drives them deeper into these things and puts them here. Um, that has made it really fun um, to work with other people. And that's been one of the, the the bad things with COVID is there just been less opportunities. You know, I once in a while, um, I like to organize a bar night, you know, and there's some of us that we go out and <clears throat> I won't say my favorite bar because I don't want people going there and ruining it for me. <laughs> um, I tried to organize a bar night last week mm-hmm. and somebody told me that he was preoccupied with other things. Yeah. So Which we saying. did talk about on the last episode. That was after the toilet incident. You did yeah. talk about the toilet it was, incident. It was, it was a traumatic experience. Toilet. Yes. Yep. Um, but uh, to get to, to hang out with people and it, it just, it's, um, and you know, really a college or a scola, scholars, it's a collection of academics, like just having cool conversations. Like that's what it was in the past. And you go back to the 
the Greeks and, you know, symposia and stuff like that. And to be able to be a, a part of that, um, and Greg probably gets to do it the most of all of us because I think uh, you probably get a wider sampling of campus of um, of faculty and very gifted staff <clears throat> who are at, here for a reason um, and not a corny reason um, and not because they think this is the only way they could serve Jesus, <clears throat> um, but because, uh, you know, many enjoy, right, um, how they get to see um, their profession and their faith uh, intersect, right? And I think students um, enjoy that too. It's always really gratifying when I'll have sometimes a theology student who raises, I had one last semester, did just a great paper on like neuroscience and faith. And I'm like, what in the? <laughs> did you grade it? Yeah, it or did you give it to somebody else to? Create? No, I, it got a ninety-nine, um, which is right hundreds for Jesus. So, <laughs> um, but did a phenomenal presentation in class too, and you just go, man, right? Th- this is going to be super helpful to someone someday. Right. Not so much well, me because I don't understand half the terms, yeah. um, but you know, to see that reflected is exciting. And and since you brought up the faculty and the expertise that exists on this campus, you know, let. Let's not just push off the career opportunities that these students get um, as if it's a non-factor. Because it's a huge factor that we have like 100% placement in the nursing department. I think Ed is like that too, yeah. Yeah. Ed, um, Ed, I've talked to uh, not a lot, but a few different um, superintendents or teachers in other public school settings who said, what do we got to do to get more WLC students in our in our public schools you know um business like these students are they're getting a top-notch education and they're getting career opportunities um that they're i mean they're doing well they're successful and that's one of the blessings i'd say of being here at year seven mm-hmm. um i've had a chance to see just a couple of those students yep. excelling in grad school um getting jobs you know yep. they're they're doing way better at 25 than I was. I mean, I think I was still working at Burger King at 25 or something like that. <laughs> um, this guy was complaining about moldy bread. Yeah, yeah. We would have still been at Sam then, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Getting getting bread from the from pantry. The from the, oh, yeah. Bread from the pantry yep. once and yep. complaining about it got moldy. You mean the bread you got for free? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. the free just bread. Just wanted to make sure. And his wife was like, just tear the crust off, Jason. And, uh, yeah. like oh, He was, but, I remember him telling the story still like it yep. was yesterday and, he was so taken aback by that, like just tear off the crust, the moldy crust. It's still good, right? Yeah. No, but I, I think, just another point here. I, when you think about some of the tension that eighteen to twenty-two year olds are facing right now, um, and there, there's a lot. So this is by no means extensive, but you know this, this constant desire to get a, a return on my investment, whether it's. A financial return, or just a return in my relationships, and not yeah, and not just academic. I mean, with right. af- even athletics. With I mean, everything. some of them from the time they were in second grade were in a club sport and had to be the best. With yeah. music, you know, you name it. And then, then you counter that tension to get a return on my investment with a biblically based understanding of, you know, the world given back to you. Right? right. I get to enjoy these gifts. You get to um, receive things freely given, and you get to freely give. Right. Uh, the, Not everything has to be reciprocal. The the tension to be um, to be free versus the freedom of vocation. 
um, the tension to, um, to find an identity in, in whatever it is that I want to find my identity. And, you know, you think of the high school athlete who comes here and all of a sudden, you know, they're not the stud anymore. And like my whole world is falling apart. Or someone tears their ACL. Right. Right. So then that tension to establish an identity versus the baptismal identity that we have in Christ. And that, and at the root of all of it is this tension to justify versus the freedom of justification. It's just, that's the kind of thing that you, that I'm convinced that you get from Lutheran theology, um, that our students get here and we can teach it in the classroom. And I mean, you, you talked about the good academic side of things too. I mean, the idea that, you know, we're not just a good Lutheran school, but we're a pretty darn good school that's also right. uniquely Lutheran. And we're not and a, I mean, we're not a Bible college. Right. This is not, yep. you know, exactly. just, yep. you know, a bunch of degrees that are, you know, explicitly for... Yes. You know. and, but, and But the other thing... I was going to go a little bit different direction if you were... Yeah, just really quick, you know, yep. um, with all this tension versus freedom thing that we have here to offer, um, for those students also to see our faculty... And say this theology is not just something learned in a classroom, right? Because theology is not just right. learned; it's lived. Um, you know, you talk about the theologian of the cross and um, Luther saying that that Satan is the best teacher of theology. These students are going to be equipped, and professors who have been out in the field or at other colleges or whatever, they can show you how this is lived. Yeah. You know, they still have to live it themselves. The students do, but. To have that foundation, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, I was I was going to say too. I think um, the other the other thing that you know is pretty neat too is that you know you still do get opportunities you know with athletics and other activities here that you know you, you can do you can participate you know which is which is another cool thing you know to to have <laughs> to have all of that plus. But those, in a way, I think as well that still yep ideally with with coaches or directors and that that. Um, that is, it's formative still as well. I mean, there's there's lessons yeah. to be learned through these yep. things. It's not simply, um, you know, uh, to ex- to get to play for f- for four more years, you know, but to to be shaped as a person. Yeah. But you know, and that's one of those things. You know, as a seventeen or eighteen year old, say, you know, to get to play this sport that I love for the next four years is a big deal. But then you then you come to Can a you place. Tell who was the college athlete in this room? Wait, yep. yep. I get it. Yep. What was it? <laughs> offensive tackle was that? I played mostly offensive guard, actually. Okay. Offensive guard. Um, but but then, like you say, to come here and have that, you know, you're you're not just here to to play a sport, but there's those, you know, formative things. And and again, I've only been here a short time, but just to see kind of some of the the neat things that they do within the the teams. Um, to you know, really build up the entire person mm-hmm. that's there. Um, that that's really kind of a neat thing, and I think in many ways a rather unique thing. I do. Think um, uh, and and I'll say that was not you know that some of those things were just maybe assumed at you know um, when I was a college athlete way back when at a different a different institution you know of uh, which was a lutheran school but fear the fear right there you go um but the but here you know they're very intentional about you know some of those things on you know the building up the whole person you yeah. know and the spiritual component as well as the 
physical or the emotional. But I'll throw out one last thing, and then I'll. Um, if you guys have stuff, that's fine. Or otherwise, we can wrap it up. We're a little over an hour, but I blame it was the free for all, <clears throat> which I think was a good free for all. But we went long. Well, it took us like twenty minutes to actually get to the free for all uh, because of the Coca Cola and the Madagascar Coke. I'm shocked. Yep. We got a little distracted. Yep. But um, uh, tension's been mentioned a few times in a diff- in different ways, <clears throat> and I'll say that's something that I've appreciated as well. I think to exist as a Lutheran college. Um, in a market-driven, higher-ed uh, situation, in a, uh, a polarized society, in the midst of an American Christianity that is kind of schizophrenic in many ways, um, doesn't quite know what it is or wants to be. You can, you can get someone to tell you just about anything, right, within the American church. Um, and to be a church that says, here's... Here's our confession of the faith, the inspired scriptures in the book of Concord. Um, and our academic goal, one, is that you're, you leave able to articulate, right, um, a worldview built off of that. Not, not that if you come as a non-Christian, not that we're going to make you believe it, but when you leave, we are going to guarantee that you can at least <clears throat> articulate what you disagree with, right? Um, I sometimes joke with my students is if, if you leave and, and you, you still don't believe, that's fine, but I just want you to reject the real Jesus, right? Um, I want you to <clears throat> reject the gospel, right, and not just be mad at, you know, kind of like the medieval, just Christ is judge that Luther also didn't know how to react to. Um, <clears throat> no, I don't want them to reject it. I'm not saying that, but like, but at least if they do, right, that I, I want them to not be able to say they didn't get it. And... um <clears throat> And I think a big part of being here, um, and I think a big part of us being us, I think a big part of being faculty and staff together who, um, in areas where there's free to be disagreement, sometimes has different emphases, right? Um, Lions fan, Bears fan. Vikings fan. Vikings fan, but even even some Packer fans. Um, But to have... uh, we can disagree on tax code. We can um, we can disagree on um, you know the best way for the church to uh, approach this or that challenge, uh, liturgy or um, you know you name the area that um, I find overall that our faculty and staff um, I would say. Um, the leadership that I engage with. It's not like I'm in a high-level meeting, so I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> um, but, uh, I mean, the um, our administrators, when I, when I deal with them, and many of our students um, demonstrate, I think, an uncommon and remarkable willingness to just hold some things in tension. Um, and I think that's important in our, our world, too, um, you can see students in class from different backgrounds with different takes on if we were to discuss, you know, the news for that day. Um, and yet, I've never had things get uncivil. Um, and I've never had it get to where I feel like um, everyone in the room doesn't understand the college exists for this. And if you're here, 
right? You're here to some degree for this, right? Not just the sport, not just the, the major. Um, and that um, there's times where we just have to say, there's no one right answer to this. There's no one right approach. Um, how a fellow a professor has um, approached teaching during COVID might be different than how I have. Um, sometimes necessarily based on what they're doing. I don't have labs. I was joking in class today that we should have theology labs. You know, like <laughs> we get glasses and coats. But this um, is not the first time I've heard this argument. No. Yeah. We've been around each other too long, I think. That, but I do think in a lot of higher ed. That would be interesting. And I don't mean this in a way maybe like, thank God we're not like others. But I think in a lot of higher ed, there's a real desire um, to hide the tensions, to run away from the tensions, um, to paint over the tensions. Um, and um, and I, I think there's something healthy about us. The fact that we could sit at a table with eight faculty members and they're all going to have different things that are been weighing on them lately and that they're concerned about doing or that they think the college is doing well or poorly and that we can discuss it and, and you know, um, and recognize this is, you know, eight Christians sitting around a table wanting to serve Christ um, and wanting to serve the Christ who's preached in the scriptures and confessed in the book of Concord. Um, I will say I've always appreciated that. I spent two years um, as a faculty chair. <clears throat> I've served as department head. I've been called into meetings. I've had to do the rounds when there were fires to be put out or, you know, you, you get the emails or whatever. And yeah, I cannot... I, I'm new. Yeah. I haven't done, I haven't done any of that. <laughs> I can honestly... Your time will come. <laughs> if Michael cannot, ever give it up. <laughs> um, anyways, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever lost a colleague of whatever sort as a friend over something... Some things that sometimes were pretty... They did matter, Right. Um, and I, and so I really do appreciate, uh, that I think there's an emphasis on us being brothers and sisters in Christ and not in a way that's just, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, so nothing matters, but rather we're brothers and sisters in Christ and a lot of things really matter a lot and we're going to do our best, um, to navigate them and, and prepare our students for them and, um, talk about them together I, I've I've found that to be um, something that has been uh, fun for me yeah and I don't want to belabor the point too much but you know Paul opposes Peter to his face but at the end of the day I was taught about that today, yeah. Christ yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say you know with the with the leadership without getting into into the weeds too much here we have a leadership that's not afraid to talk with you Mike gets to, or Greg gets to go to the most meetings of all of us, I think. So, yeah, probably, oh, yeah. that's pro I would guess that's probably fair. You know who goes to the but least meetings? Jason. Right here. Yeah, yep. Right. New guy. New guy. That's what I saw him doing in one meeting the other day. I had to rebuke him and tell him it was not professional. Eating? Are you going to admit it? What? I told you later you did. Was what? Playing on my phone? You were playing on your phone. Yeah. Uh, but. No. Anyways. But. It happened. I'm, I won't lie. This is that center, center, you know, By office the way, of Wade just gave of, him the cross, and yep. he didn't even ask for it. Yep, yep. That absolved you freely. That's, yeah. that's what happens. I never yeah. heard a confession. But, <laughs> um, 
No, but I don't have a ton of experience across higher ed. I mean, this is this is it and my college experience. But just that I, I hear that it's unique that you can, like, schedule a meeting with your president and he'll sit and meet with you, you know. Um, our our leadership team is, is the kind that they're ready and willing to have a discussion from, you know, the highest the highest leadership position to um, the brand new freshman. They're ready and ready and willing to have that discussion. Yeah. And I think some of our students, when they find out... A lot of out, higher-ups at a lot of places don't answer right. nearly the amount of just regular emails. Right. Yeah. And I think some of the students, when I've said to them, why don't you why don't you shoot an email to the president? And, you know, he'd probably be happy to talk to you about that. And they're like, oh, I don't think I could do that. I said, no, he's done it before. <laughs> you know, so just that willingness to, to be in the trenches with you, yeah. I think, is... It's just an awesome, well, awesome piece of You know of this who you shouldn't have them email? I don't think this guy's even figured out how to do email yet. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you're not really good at technology, are you? No, yeah, that's... It's unfortunate. But I can email. I, I will say I also, I think one of the things, you know, um, just kind of blessings of here is the, the, how committed the leadership of the college is to the mission, uh, the the mission and Lutheran identity that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, this place has and, uh, wants to continue. Um, and I think that's, a that's, that's also something to be very thankful, thankful for. And the faculty's credit as well on this. Um, you know, we just went through a gen ed revision a while back and nothing like, nothing that radically changed the WLC experience. If anything was meant to improve it, but that would have been an ideal time. Like if someone wanted to, to be like, maybe, you know, most schools don't have 12 theology credits. <clears throat> and, you know, and you could argue, I mean, there's lots of schools that are Christian or, or um, you know, religious institutions that are at six or, or nine or three. Um, or even like, well, maybe 12, but they can just, you know, we need to make them more whatever. Um, and maybe all, all theology credits are counted as gen ed credits, yeah. right? So this yeah. is, yeah. And there was zero push for that and zero like, you guys need to be revising what you're doing. Um, the amount of like ownership that I feel that we've been allowed to have of what we do as a department, and Greg, you've taught in the department too. Um, we really well, have been you guys f- didn't give me ownership. That's true. The leadership gave you ownership, but you guys didn't right. give it to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> but that we, you know, that we think as a department. Everyone should take one systematic or doctrinal, one biblical, one applied, and then an intro. Never been pushed that we shouldn't do that to have, um, to really encourage that they're taking, students are taking one theology each year, so it's formative. You're not just getting it out of the way. And then um, I've always been very thankful for the support that we've we've had with that because um, sometimes I think uh, we can be a little difficult. Mm-mm. Not in my not, experience. Not Jason, but I... I can be a little difficult even, um, and the amount of um, support that we get. And, the, and I even think um, leaders and faculty who would have been upset if there was talk of reducing the amount of theology that people are taking. The amount of, of shock, I think, that I hear whenever I give a presentation or stand in a booth or, or whatever on behalf of WLC, when I say we have 12 credits of theology, it's positive shock. <laughs> But I think people are really surprised by that. Yeah. Yep. And academic you know, and, and theology, the it's fact, not like, you know, 
true or false, Jesus had a beard. Right. <laughs> and, and then the fact that our theology is taught by a consistent, taught from the basis of a consistent theology. Yeah. That we are all trained through the same system. You know, I think that that probably has its positives and negatives, but I think overall, the fact that we're all trained in this same system is is a huge positive yeah. and unique piece for us. Um, I don't want to take the final word on this, but I know you got to wrap no, it up. I invite um, you to have the final word. I'm not going to... Jason, would you like to invite him to have the final this word? This is... Too? Greg, why don't you take the final word on this Thank topic? Thank you, because this is not an important final word. I just have this question. Um, before coming to Wisconsin Lutheran College, Jason, did you ever wear clericals, or did Mike and Wade I, I, force you into this? Force. I, there, There is no forcing, but I, I will admit I have not until I've come to the college here, and I didn't wear and any. And to be fair, we've only got them doing it once a week. Because okay. Wade's talking about the great autonomy that we have here. Yeah, yeah. And that, I'm what I'm witnessing right now is not autonomy. You know what's sold is, is that Mike always says people look slimmer in black in clericals. And I think he saw me. I look fatter today than if I'm in clericals and downright slim. Now, Jason's already a, a trim fellow himself. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, super trim. But he looks darn good in these. And I, I think it was it's largely fashion probably, yes. Oh yeah. I just don't yes. say we're forcing you. No, no, I would I would say I think it. what's that? You better wear it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not forcing you, but you better. No, no, I would say I I'd not before, um and I didn't I didn't at all first semester either, but uh it's one where I think that you know, there's something to be said for, you know, modeling different different uh approaches to certain things and and uh And I I'm, will say um, he had chapel Monday, and he wore he wore a smashingly delightful sport. I actually coat. got called to repentance Ty. by my wife because I <laughs> I took a picture of him and I sent it to her. Sparkly tie, yeah. Sparkly so I took tie, it was yep. three pictures. I had the outfit as a whole, and then I zoomed in on the suit coat, and then I zoomed in on the tie. And um, <laughs> what's the tie? A Michigan Wolverines tie? No, no, no because it, it sparkled that. blue yeah. and yellow. Did it? And so I said, I think it did. I said to yeah. her. Um, well, I can't. Oh, doesn't it look like he got this outfit at a rodeo gift shop? <laughs> <laughs> and then she wrote A, no, I don't think so. And B, you literally ordered, and then she listed some fashion stuff that. <laughs> That's fair. You picked the weirdest ways to make fun of Jason. <laughs> and then I said, ouch, I feel attacked. And then they, she sent the this emoji, which is a like. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but question mark emotion. I, I will say, I uh, did get several compliments on Monday, nice on my choice of fashion. But I, I was I was stunned by it. Um, I just know that whenever I walk through the chapel and you're wearing your clericals, Wade will not let that go unnoticed. Oh right, yep. he'll usually say something along the lines of, "Did you notice how good?" Jason looks, or <laughs> did you notice how pastoral Jason looks? Yep. And I think it's a subtle shot at me because as of right now, no. I still do not own any clinicals. It's just purely trying to affirm Jason. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. No, it's positive reinforcement. It is very positive. All right, we're at hour 22. Oh, wow. We'll make that our final word. That's very final important. Word. Final and word. I will say, um, you look very handsome and pastoral today. Oh, well, why thank you. You wear whatever you want. Right? When it comes right. to fashion. Yep. Because freedom you can, means you can do you, whatever you want. That's you, right. You let the bird fly. Yep. But, uh, but I will just say, too, 
very handsome and pastoral. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you.